Welcome to Carpe Diem, where we're seizing life after momentous events. On today's episode, we are seizing life after college. I have a couple of my homeboys here from college, from the University of Tennessee, the real UT, because the motherfuckers in Texas think that the UT here is the real one. It's not, exactly. Carpe Diem is about um, mental health within the black community, because as we all know, that shit kind of non-existent. Even though there's more resources and stuff that's available now, I want it to be one of those resources to help people share their story, be impactful to someone else. And just so that you know there there's a day, like my nickname, after everything that you go through. And start seizing those opportunities in your life. So let's go ahead and get started by introducing our guests. We're going to start with Devin. Hey, y'all. I'm be Devin. ready, be ready. <laughs> So yeah, I'm Devin. Uh, we're all from Memphis. I don't even think we need to introduce that part. True. Um, from Memphis, went to University of Tennessee, Knoxville, graduated December 2021. So I've been in Houston now for a year and a half. Okay, Chris. Chris, I'm also from Memphis, like Devin said, uh, Tennessee graduate, um, 2020. Uh, I'm also in the military. For sure, for sure. Smooth. Smooth. Uh, I'm a UT graduate, uh, also from Memphis, graduated 2017. So. Oh, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to start with like an icebreaker, even though we kind of already broke the ice. I don't know what I want to call it. I don't know if I want to call it. Have y'all heard of like Factor Cap? Have you heard oh, of yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard of, I've heard of the, you gotta I want to do it like, I want to call it, you know how we be like flogging? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, from Memphis. I want to call it fla- factor flogging, but this is going to talk about like mental health stereotypes and oh, okay. yeah, like yeah. I'm going to say a sentence. You are going to say if that's a fact or not, it's flogging. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Do you have to say like why or is it just um, fact flogging? Fact flogging and then. Yeah, like supporting. Mm-hmm. You're going to say what makes you think that yes or no and then I'm going to come in with the answer. So sometimes it's not an answer. Most of them are opinionated. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So the first one is self care is selfish. Mm. Do it does it have to be one or the other? I about to say it's gonna see my answer is gonna be Yeah, I'm about to say yeah. That's how I, I say whichever one you lean it towards the most, I want you to give a definitive self-care answer. Is selfish. I would say fact. I would say fact. Yeah, I would say my fact. fact well I'm basing my answer on uh it's it's okay to be selfish. Like a lot of people deem selfish as like a you know, a, a bad thing, it has a derogatory uh, meaning to it or whatever, but I mean, uh, it's a it's a healthy amount of selfish when you're going through life, and it's, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've realized that more and more. Like it's okay to say no, it's okay to say time, it's okay to do self care. So, yeah, I would say the same. I feel like the best thing that I've done has been when I've secluded myself from people for the most part, um, and I can't do a lot of growing to be honest when I'm dealing with too many people, or even if it's uh not exactly. Uh, secluding myself away from everybody, but maybe just kind of closing down on my social circle. So I definitely feel like it, it can be selfish, but I think self is good in a lot of cases. Smooth, you want input or you, you agree and then you can put your input on another one? No, I'm agreeing. I'll okay. I think they had some solid, solid explanations. For okay, it. I agree. That one actually came from me and Chris always be acting like we philosophers in each other's And this one time, y'all know how he be playing. What are your thoughts? Like, <laughs> 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 I, 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 I think it acts 
good question that we gonna go. Man. <laughs> so, literally, so one of the questions was like about self-care. And then I we just talked about how selfishness in itself is just, it's always a negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. But people always want you to pour into them. And that's that's good for you to be a helping hand to other people. But when you're trying to take that time to make sure you good, then it's viewed as a negative. Mm-hmm. Um, would y'all say self-care is important in like... Is an important piece to your mental health. I know you got self care Sunday. Absolutely. I was just about to say, this should be a weekly. Yes, I agree. I absolutely think that it's the most important thing because, like what she referred to when it comes to my self care Sunday, I implemented that because I felt like my days were just kind of lumped together and I wasn't really able to accomplish all the stuff that I kind of set out to do. So I literally take the entire day to take care of the things that I find the most important. So, yeah, so as far as, like, my self-care Sunday, um, I start the day off and I'll go to uh, the grocery stores I usually go to. So, it's usually going to be, uh, I start off at Trader Joe's, then I hit Whole Foods, and then I hit Costco. Um, this nigga bougie! <laughs> I'm finna scream. But, yeah, I, I hit those stores, and I hit them because Trader Joe's food is a lot cheaper if you be at Kroger and Walmart, I promise to God, you probably save like 25 to 40% of what you spend if you go to Trader Joe's. Between which one? If you go to Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's versus like Walmart and like Kroger and shit. Oh, for real? They food look like alien mm-hmm. food though. Like, It'd be good if you pick the right shit. Good. I know. But, yeah, yeah. Good. And then Whole Foods, I ain't gonna lie, it should be expensive as fuck, but I'm just like being in that store. <laughs> it's <laughs> organized. It's, yeah, it's, it's just organized. so... It's organized, it's fresh, everything's organic. I think it's the flowers too. Shout out to Uncle Larry. Um, and then we it's have Larry. Costco. <laughs> Larry June? <laughs> Real, yeah. But, uh, uh bigger. My, <laughs> but, uh, I love uh, Costco because, like, when you're meal prepping, when you're in the fitness industry and shit, you can literally get big ass packs of meat for. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> get big ass packs of meat for. Like, Did say uh, And then, you can, uh, I usually get, like, a six pack of, like, gallon waters and shit. Um, and just like little household stuff that I used to get. And then from there, I leave the store and I try to either uh, buy weekly or at least once a month try to get like a manicure or pedicure so your fingers ain't looking dirty and shit. Um, and then I'll go home and cut my hair and then I'll meal prep for the week. Then I'll actually make dinner for that night. So I pretty much go through all of the things I feel like are important to me. Um, also, I'll be cleaning up, um, clean the whole house up, prepare all my like outfits and shit for the week. Um, they probably cut back on time during your week too. Like yeah, because I don't have to cook nothing. I have, don't have to go out to eat. I don't have to spend a dime going out to eat if I don't want to, unless I'm going to like a happy hour with my my coworkers or something like that. But mm-hmm. it makes me happy. To be like damn, I literally can just focus on going to the gym in the morning, going to work, getting off, and not having to like stop anywhere else. Um, so that's pretty much my self care Sunday. I started it like my junior year of college, and I feel like it's it's really just paid dividends since then because I I've, I've been able to structure my whole week and not have to be distracted. I wish I started that early. I agree because I didn't start doing that till you right. you first came here. We'll talk about that too. Like, mm-hmm. and you was like, I do that uh, on Sundays. It's just me. I was like, damn, I need to do that because I need to set better boundaries with people in general. And I'm like, maybe I should take at least a day for myself where I ain't doing nothing. Because I'm always on the go, ripping and running and stuff. 
it'll even it'll even not to cut you off, but it'll even help you like structure throughout your week because like because I know I have to be at the gym early as fuck in the morning. I don't be out super late if I know I have to. Like, I'll go out Friday, Saturday. I probably won't go out, like, Sunday night. But I'll be in the bed by, like, 11. Because I'm not finna, you know what I'm saying? I got to get up at the ass crack of dawn. Like, I wake <laughs> up at, like, 4, 4, 4.30 every morning. So I can go to the gym and get a full session in and you then go to work. Up. So. You be waking up. Fuck no. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> no, baby. <laughs> Why you want to cap me out like that? Um, I feel like that fact of lodging is enough for us to transition into like what we want to talk about next. So this one is about life after college. So the motivation of me starting this podcast in general, I've always been a mental health advocate. I've always talked about mental health and uh, stuff like that. And on top of that, I used to have this little thing on TikTok that was called life after. And I would just talk about life after different events. And after graduating, there was like this huge, like feeling i didn't know what it was i didn't know if it was negative or positive i didn't know if it was because i was in a new uncomfortable situation like i moved here to houston straight out of college i barely knew my dad's side my grandma had passed away which i think is divine timing because my aunt was like well you can come live with me until you get a job in houston or whatever and it was just like a huge point i'm like i did all this stuff i was super active in college and i don't have a job yet Mm. so that brought up a little point and also y'all know josh the noob josh he said something about like post-grad depression it wasn't my first time mm-hmm. hearing it but he was just talking about like in general there's a feeling that you have after graduation that's like damn i'm i'm really not on my shit so the first thing mm-hmm. i want to ask y'all is have you ever heard of post-grad depression yeah for sure and when was the first time you ever heard about it? Was it when you were in school, after you graduated, before you went to college? Where were, where were you? Uh, yeah, so for me, um, I didn't hear about it until after college. I feel like, I mean, I don't know if maybe people around us don't know, you know, or maybe it's just not talked about, maybe a little bit of both. But I didn't hear about it. Like, I guess going through school, you kind of figure if you're going to class and, and doing what you're supposed to do on that side of things, everything's kind of gone you know, follow in place type shit. Mm-hmm. But then once you graduate, uh, I guess for me, it was the realization of like the, the rat the rat race, you know, like you, you really, that's that's when the real race starts and you got to figure out how to end that race that doesn't start because of, cap- I mean, it doesn't stop because of capitalism or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, how to, you know, gain that financial freedom to be able to feel like you're still in control of your life because if you don't do that, I mean, it's just wake up, go to work, go to sleep repeat a boring ass cycle yeah and i add to that like in college yeah if you really think about it bro your whole life is structured for that period yeah so for (laughs) the whole four years of undergrad or however long you are in school you know what class you're gonna go to you know it like literally at the time what class you're going to then you know you got to do your homework and then you're free for the rest of the everything makes sense for yeah but post-graduation like but to be on work like you have to go and plan your own shit and a lot of people don't do shit but go to work and then get off work and then watch netflix and then repeat repeat and you have to you know in terms of advancement like if you don't want to be stuck in the same place you want to get better you know mentally physically spiritually financially you have to push it in you know in perspective in terms of how you can improve Mm -hmm. so like for me i know I, i work in sales sales is a is a hard area to be in especially mentally but if you get good at it you can get paid well. 
that improvement doesn't happen overnight. So I've found like it's a program here called NSN of Houston that I'm a part of. They have actual like sales seminars and different programs that they host um, quarterly where you can come in and they can help you. They even have stuff where your employer can pay for it because I want to get very good at sales because mm -hmm. I, I know with the traditional job, I'm going to be working and the motherfucker next to me may not be working as hard as me, but he getting paid more or maybe the same as me because he might have some seniority over me or because, you know, that manager like it a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's favoritism. And, uh, are you about to say something? Are you right? No, no, look, I already said something. Uh, um, I was going to say, I think, um, with that, with that postgraduate depression that came in, I won't say necessarily for me, but just observing it, like, um, in college, it was like, you had a, where the biggest goal of everything was to graduate, whatever your degree was. Yeah. So, I think once you, and you spend that whole four years of however long you were in college for chasing that. It's like the, in my head, when you talk about the rat race, I'm thinking mm -hmm. about the hamster on the wheel chasing the mm -hmm. cheese. Mm -hmm. Like, you yeah. never going to get to that cheese because you're constantly stuck in that, like, thing. So, it's like, and that's how college was in a box to some degree. Then when you get through a college and you get that degree, where that cheese go? You know what I mean? Where like, you don't have, is. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, but you don't have no... Well, like a better word, you don't have no aspirations to do anything. You have a job. If you have a job, you have a job. Now you you hit that you hit that depression because it's like this I don't have it. no big goals. This yeah, is this is it. it. Yeah. And, like, was this 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 it? Yeah. And then when you get to that point, it's like, bro, this ain't even all that, bro. I yeah. killed myself in undergrad. Yeah. For, For what? Shit. <laughs> you know, fifty k year type shit. Yeah. Man. Average. And I don't know. You just, for me, it was just it was a lot of realizations. But to piggyback off that, that's what I was about to. say kind of comment on like even if you had that job uh it's a good job you still had that feeling because it's like mm -hmm. one you realize like money is for sure you know important but you're like man like that's not even like the top goal mm -hmm. like you really just have to start realigning and mm -hmm. going back to your point Devin about in college structure like you had this uh you can take these classes to reach this degree you kind of got to do your own course plan for your life you know yeah. what I'm saying mm -hmm. where you say like Hey, my five-year goal is to hit this mark, hit yep. that mark. And for me, it's it's definitely been interesting because I went right into a career, like, you know, fresh off the, the win-win type shit. So it was like, I'm in my career, but how do I still seek stuff that I'm passionate about within yep. the spirit that I'm in? You know what I'm saying? Like, where I'm taking care of myself and I'm self-sufficient, I'm not taking, like, un unnecessary risks, but... I'm still feeling like I'm living or, or getting that sense of fulfillment. You know what mm -hmm. I was going to say, it's kind of like a two-part to that, like when you think about college, because you want to go to college to make the objective, to my to my understanding, is you go to college to make money, to get a good job, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the problem, or at least where that silver lining is, is trying to find a job that aligns with your passions, but also pay you well enough to where, like, I'm not worried about bills. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, so, like, so, like you said, once you, once you got out of or when you jumped straight into a career, like, you realize, I don't give a fuck about punching numbers. It's not even fun. You know what I'm saying? So now, like you said, you kind of align your life to where, like, what you do outside of that seven to eight hours, how long you at the job, mm -hmm. matters way, way more than mm -hmm. what you spent the last four years trying to get a degree to get this job to do. And it kind of make you mad. I ain't going to lie. Hello? Hello? I was me. angry. Yeah. I was angry. <laughs> and that really bring me into the next point, like, like, mm -hmm. Is what's your first memory after you graduated college? Got, and my I first memory, 
my first memory was like, like I said, my grandma had passed away and I was in this position like, yeah, I saved up $7,000 mm-hmm. to be able to move and all this other stuff. That was making fast money while I was in college, but I was also killing myself. Mm-hmm. Three jobs on top of being vice president, doing so mm-hmm. much. And then I, I graduate, I, I get to have the freedom to do what I want, traveling stuff. I went somewhere every single month, the second semester. Every single month I was somewhere different. And when I finally just sat there, I'm like, where my job at? <laughs> where my job at? Oh, I'm, a, I'm hot shit. Where's my job? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm supposed to be in Houston by now. I'm supposed to be in a beauty mogul, like rushing the process that, of course, is a beautiful process. But I was pissed off. I'm like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. I was losing friends left and right. Um, but I think it, that's all a part of the process. I've heard somebody, if you've ever heard of like the, the elevator um analogy where there's like you going up on the elevator some people get off on different floors but you keep going up but it this has nothing to do with where you going yeah i kept thinking about that in every single aspect of life and it was just pissing me off i finally got to houston still ain't had no fucking job it took me six months from when i graduated to get a job getting a job and i hate the fucking job now for me, like, it, I, I found the job relatively easy just from, like, networking and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But I think once you, I, it, I ain't gonna lie, like, that was probably one of my core memories was, like, damn, especially, like, my first birthday here. Because um, I've always been the kind of person where, like, I don't typically care to be around family too much. Like, it doesn't bother me to be with, like, 10, 8 hours away from Memphis. It doesn't really bother me that much, but my first birthday, I celebrated by myself, and I sat mm, at that table that by myself. Hit. I ain't had no friends or nothing like that to just invite to go to dinner with me. Like, I ain't gonna lie, I sat at that table sad as hell, eating my motherfucking gourd, like, my big-ass steak. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, I'm happy for another year, but I did realize how important it was to have friends and to do things that make you happy, and that's why, like, I, like, I won't bat an eye as far as like trying to make time to hang out with friends and mm-hmm. whatever the case is because that's really what's more important because mm-hmm. like I ain't gonna lie we're all in this room gonna be very successful yeah but, yeah I say I say I say but it ain't gonna mean nothing if you ain't got nobody to share them experience and that's mm-hmm. the key bro. a lot of people are selfish man. nowadays they like that's the key. it's a man eat man world and they don't have that community you remember that one time we was talking about how a lot of people want to get it out the mud mm-hmm. but like okay. Devin just said the, <laughs> the network is what got him his job so fast because your network is your net worth and, and yes. that's I mean yeah I'm not even gonna go that was another I'm a, I was gonna branch out I'm gonna stay on top <laughs> I was about to say I was gonna branch out yeah, yeah. I was gonna get into it but to answer your question about the memory uh, mm-hmm. my memory is a little bit more dramatic <laughs> I uh, packed up my bags was in actually and I'm going to say this on camera. I don't want really to talk about it. But do you remember on the uh, rooftop? Shed some thug tears. Oh. <laughs> 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 I shed some thug tears. Yeah. Okay. I ain't never hey, cried. No. My birthday. I but cried I really, too. I cried <laughs> Can I tell you? Really, yeah, 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 yeah. You good. Go ahead. Go ahead. From your, hey, your Man, listen. So. But it is funny though. Like, no, it's, 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 I was laughing at my son, like, wow, but it was it was really ocean, bro. Man, like, no, uh, man, really so real. so for the most part the gang was um all together. Um me, you, Trevor, Marcus, 
Yeah, Alex, everybody was there. Both like so. Didn't get We. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, he, he said for the most part. For the most part. He said for the most part. And um, I I won't forget like. Everybody was drunk for the most part, too. Let me preface that. And I remember, um, so it's like, it's kind of funny because like, we, we, we had our own like little moment. It's like 10 niggas, like black people. My bad. 10 black people all together. <laughs> and, and Chris, out of nowhere, just get this like. I love y'all. He started sniffling. I just want to say, bro, I love y'all. Like. <laughs> For real, you know, and I'm like, bro, like he really gave that. Here's a back. Here's here's a little bit of backdrop, and I'll let you finish. But I was about to move to Hawaii, but before Hawaii, I was about yeah. to go to training in Virginia. During that time, it was COVID, so that means no contact with anybody else mm-hmm. or whatever. So I knew I was going to be in the state of isolation for ne- next three months and do nothing but pretty much train, and so. Uh, anybody that knows me knows that I love like I had hard times in college but I loved my friends in college mm-hmm. and that was really important to me so to know that I was about to go into that next phase kind of what you just spoke about that alone like I knew I was going to be alone by by design of the system I was about to go into mm-hmm. uh, it was a lot and but I'll, I'll let you pick that up but yeah <laughs> no, that, that was the background I, I'll keep it short man it's he gave the he gave the I'm a miss y'all Obama ass speech. speech. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like y'all held me down, man. Like y'all real deal family me. Y'all ain't even friends for real. And it's I don't mean to laugh because it was such a like a, an emotional moment. Yeah. Um, heart like very like it touched your heart like kind of thing. And I remember him like boohooing, and I look. Y'all don't know Trevor, of course, but my bro Trevor, these niggas hug, and I look over to Trevor. Trevor starts boohooing too. I'm like, grown man, grown man, is out here crying. You been here being vulnerable. You niggas being vulnerable. But that's what I love about Y'all the friendship, bro. That's what I love about the friend group. Like, like we all like definitely. I've had moments with all, Speaking of all my male. Yeah, yeah. Like for real. Is that does that mean something? It's about to take a picture. No, this. I can't see that far, my love. What it is it? Right, does the word? Do the words mean something? It's probably I can't see that. It's the SD card probably full. Mm. That's not good. I can't see. That you want me to check? What's up, bitch? What does it uh, say? It might be dead. No, it didn't. Probably died. Did it die? If it died, I got another battery. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we. Could have owned it off. Why say that? Got a standby. Oh, press the red button. Maybe so. It should. Yeah, it's recording now. Oh, it's probably been thirty minutes, cause. Oh, when it goes off the internet, quick thirty. Mm-hmm. It, it think, just cut off. So. It it probably be thinking like ain't nothing going on. Oh, sorry, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Real quick, I was just gonna say that uh, that's something I love about the friend group. To Smooth's point, uh, I've had emotional moments and conversations with every male friend I have. Y'all too, Trevor. Uh, boy Alex even Brian like it's we definitely all have conversation continue to have conversations but that's important like a lot of guys like you know that toxic masculinity kicks in and mm-hmm. it just weighs you down but to be able to have that moment on I'll never forget that because uh, it was just something to hold on to for me for sure but um, also I was going to say my first memory though was sitting on the bed when I first got there and realizing that you know I had to be there and I couldn't leave 
Uh, and that's when I made a promise to myself, to your point, Dave, that I was going to always make it a priority to see my friends. Like, mm-hmm. when I had the chance, I was going to make a priority, make it a priority. Because a lot of people just start pushing it back. Maybe next time, maybe next year, maybe next month, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like I told you um, when we was hanging out in Memphis, like, you know, money going to always come back. But friendships and, as you said, like, Memories. Who, who do you have it with? You know, who do you have these memories mm-hmm. with? Who do you have this success to share with? That's what I want to um, have around me. So that's that's what is is at the top of my list for sure. It's funny you say that because this, it, like, I ain't gonna lie. When I was younger, I was very selfish. Like the way that I thought, and I heard that a lot. Like my mom would say it, and like my girlfriend at the time would say it. But like, I realize now, like. The reason I want to make a fuck ton of money is to share experiences with people. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to be able to just spend uninterrupted quality time with my friends. And if there are financial burdens that they're dealing with, I'm like, oh, you can't buy a flight. Don't worry about it. Like, I got it. Or, you know, be able to do nice shit for other people. Like, it's a lot of things in this world that I want to have. But the funnest times I've had, especially as of recently, have been spent with people that I like. Mm-hmm. Like the, the mm-hmm. trip we had in Nashville, nigga, I had uh, I had a ball. <laughs> I had a ball, drunk off my ass, oh, and I was, I was comfortable because I'm like these are people yeah. that I love, and you know what I'm saying they not gonna try to take advantage of me and yeah. shit like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it's yeah. so it's important, bro, to have a good group of friends and even to speak on mm-hmm. like art, not to cut like the girls off, but like this specific male group of friends because I have you know male friends, but like. I could never be like vulnerable with them, mm-hmm. but like me and Smooth are roommates. Like if I came downstairs and was crying one day, like Brub would like be like, you know what I'm saying? Like what's up? Like what's going on? Yeah. Like he wouldn't make fun sure. of me or no shit like that. Oh no, so, I am. But I'm, I'm. We gonna actually have a conversation yeah. about it for sure. And like <laughs> we, I ain't we, just going. That's true. No. Like, like we've been roommates since uh, what November? Yeah. yeah. Last year, and like. When he, especially when he first moved, bro, we would just kick it downstairs for mm-hmm. hours, just talking. <laughs> Either we were talking about cars, we would be talking about how a match made fits, in heaven, like all kind of shit, and like we like have are super close, and it's funny because like before it's moved moved in, we was never like super close friends. Like I know mm-hmm. he knew my cousin from high school, so I knew that he at least was a cool person and wasn't gonna do no crazy shit. <laughs> really low key cousin, we just don't know. Yeah, we really cousins. <laughs> But, like, as, more, as we spent more time, like, we really the same nigga in two different bodies. Like, we got the same <laughs> interests. We just be, like, literally, we'll go out and get groceries and shit and come back home to barbecue and be listening to the yeah. same fucking music and just be vibe. The older you get, the more you realize how rare that is, too. So. Hell, yeah. It kind of, okay, smooth, I want you to answer, like, your best memory, too. And then, I don't know which way I want to go because I feel like because we damn near got the same mind. It's, it's already moving into the other questions because I don't know if I want to go with how you make friends. How did you make friends like I, as an adult I, or if I, I want to go. Big nigga said. We going to put that last <laughs> <laughs> Okay, smooth. Go ahead and I'm going to go into my next question after that. I ain't going to hold you. What was the original? Yo, yo. Post-grad. The best? No, I guess that first memory. Whatever. Yeah, the most that memorable. Core yeah, the core. Core memory? Mm-hmm. I about to say yeah, you gotta remember the smooth, smooth and rocking now. Man, um, oh, I will Annie. say, I will say, like for me, still <laughs> um, I won't say it was necessarily like a good or a bad memory. It was, it's something that like I really, I sat down with myself and just thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like a revolving thing we've been speaking about just now, like the friends you make 
the friends you make and the friends you want to keep. Yeah. And I just recently had this conversation with um, with my little shorty. What's up? Um, <laughs> about yeah, main, maintaining like positive relationships, mm -hmm. and it hit me when I really like moved out of like because I always stay with my friends anyway. So like, so I really did. yeah, like for years. So I got my own place at like twenty five, twenty six for like two years and. When I real did had that like kind of like what Devin said like they had that celebration it was like <laughs> they when it went even my birthday it was like I want to say it was like Thanksgiving and at the time I was like I don't really trust my car to drive home I'm like broke as fuck for real and my friends funny enough one of them went home but the other one his mom stayed in Knoxville mm. or like around the area so he drove like I would be like bro you want to come with my mom and I was like nah I ain't gonna do it this time because I'm thinking about I was really thinking like I can make it home, fuck it. But I ended up not going home. So I really was in the crib just like, bro, this is Thanksgiving right now. Mm. And then it, and then it started hitting me for real. Like, I just want all my friends together for real. Mm. Yeah. I got friends in Knoxville, like my bros is in Knoxville. But then I'm like, my bro in Memphis will call me and be like, what did it do, nigga? Happy Thanksgiving. I'm like, damn. And then I got family in St. Louis. They'll call me and be like, hey, happy birthday. Not happy birthday, but like, you know, happy Thanksgiving and stuff. I'm like, damn. And so I'm literally in, a, I'm literally in my crib puzzle like, Nigga, hey, y'all need to just move back to Tennessee. Exactly. <laughs> what y'all doing? What y'all doing? I can't fly to Florida, St. Louis, Memphis, like every other month to see y'all kind of thing. And that's when it was like, in a selfish kind of way, in a kind of funny kind of way, it was like, I got to get rich. I got to make like millions of dollars so I can just see everybody when I want to. Hell yeah. That's the goal. And that's something that like hit me and I kind of been harping on lately. So That's a good thing. And then do transition into the question that I do want to ask next. We're all in different places in life, mm. even though we're us three here in Houston. Chris asked Ali in Hawaii, mm. but when you first graduated, you were in a different place. When you first graduated, you were in a different place, and then I was in a different place. What I want to talk about is where were you mentally in that space? You kind of touched on it like a little bit, but I started off. So when I first graduated, I moved to Louisiana with. We're going to say a friend. Um, that was an interesting dynamic. Um, and it let me know that I didn't want to live with anyone at that time. I did want well, some alone time. Graduation. I forgot about that. I, I, I forgot about that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it let me know that I needed some time to myself. Right. Because I was always, like I said, pouring into other people. And pouring yeah. into other people. I had a huge mental health crisis that no one really knows about my senior year. Like I was about to drop out. I was about to put the paperwork in. But I was like, I already got the student loan debt. Why the fuck would I drop it out? <laughs> that's a bad investment. I was like, what the fuck? Bitch, stop playing. Um, so I got over it. I was in Louisiana for like a month traveling and stuff, doing what I love. There was like another friendship breakup there. And those motherfuckers are hard. Fuck a nigga. A friendship yeah, relationship? Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> fuck my finger. <laughs> Man, it's like losing a I don't know. It's it's a different type of feeling. Um, so then I moved here. I'm isolated. Like I said, I didn't really know my dad's side of the family like that. So I'm living with an auntie that I'm also learning at the same time. So that's a whole different dynamic. Like, can I really be who I am? Is she gonna be like, ooh, this girl is unhinged? <laughs> When she leaving. <laughs> um, right. Luckily it wasn't like that and it fostered a relationship for me to get closer to my dad's side and stuff like that. But then when I moved into my own apartment, 
I'm like, I just gotta FaceTime people and show them this shit. What house warming party I'm have? This bitch is cold because ain't nobody here. Um, so that was another thing. Um, I really don't remember my first birthday. Oh yes, I do. My that was my first birthday Mm. being alone. That's when I started doing a little uh, Amazon wish list for Mm. people buy me stuff. Fuck the gifts. I want some friends. Did you play that um that I just got a new apartment by Ari? I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. No. I was in there thugging it out. Then uh, I cried when I got later on because I'm like, I'm, what friends do I have? Uh, Devin I'm, didn't come to later on. Yeah, I felt the same. Like when I got my new place, cause I I fucking I'm like I'm happy. Like nigga, I got a fucking two bedroom. Three bath townhome with a garage, like everybody know that he was like, living life. Yeah, I still live there, but it's like you feel me. I was just happy to have the place that I wanted to where I can like work on my cars and shit. Cause everybody mm-hmm. know I love cars. That's my shit. Mm-hmm. And I was happy to have it, but then I'm like, damn, I just spent my last dime buying this bitch. I ain't. I don't think I got this motherfucker. Is air mattress <laughs> in my clothes in the empty bag, nigga. So Dang. like, I was happy to you know get into a situation, but. You feel, I ain't gonna lie. Even like I probably I told smooth nigga, you ain't got you ain't got you ain't got to move out till you ready to buy a house, nigga. But I, 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 like, I wish I, I had a roommate like that. I like I like having a roommate. Not even like of course like saving money and shit, but like just to be like, hey my nigga, like what's up? Like yeah, you wanna you wanna yeah, look at the gym inter- and shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I I be like when you live by yourself, you gotta. We gotta talk because they're like, damn, I ain't heard my voice in six hours. Can I still talk? Can I still talk? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hello? <laughs> oh, God. Hey, you hear some shit in the house. You ain't gotta be like, damn, I gotta grab the blick. Somebody trying to break in. It, it just smooth going to go get somebody. Just <laughs> <laughs> something like that, cuz. Uh, and then me and Daisy were roommates for a little minute. But in, even that little time period was. And even to this day, like, I'm always thankful that you did that because, like, Me too. I literally was like, I got the job, but I ain't got nowhere to stay. The bros was bullshit. I remember that shit. I said, what, Dev- who finished that with you? Yeah. Devin. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Devin, you really know you, you helped me at that time, too. I was isolated. Even though I was, like, always in my fucking room, that's because I was going through some shit in my fucking head. But you really did help me a lot being there. Just. Cool. And cooking. And I'm super thankful because, like, even though I know I overstayed my my welcome just a little bit, um, not at all. I was super thankful because, like, I was super stressed about. I'm like, damn, like I got the job, I just don't have nowhere to really move to. For it's real. shit hard. Yeah, bro, yeah. life is definitely convenient. I literally moved here to Knoxville with everything I can fit in my two door coupe and okay. and my pride. <laughs> That's all I had. I had so much shit back in storage in Knoxville. I had to drive back down there a couple times. Mm-hmm. And like, but I was just super thankful, bro. And like, we built a relationship in the bond. And I feel like me and Deja are damn near. Like, I feel like I have two personalities. Like, it's like I got a cool, like a cool side, and I'm also goofy as hell. <laughs> and me and Deja be in a room screaming at each other. Like, what drugs are they on? No, no, I wanted to say that too, man. Like, just hearing about y'all experiences and I guess mine included because it's like super similar like mm-hmm. that kind of plays into that that whole post-graduation depression because mm-hmm. when you when you going through what you're going through whatever it is you feel like you're in complete isolation you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and sometimes that's a reality like you actually by yourself yeah. there's nobody else with you and it helps when you have somebody that's going through exactly what you're going through because like we all graduated we all graduated so we all experienced this at some point in our lives some people a lot earlier on some people 
you know, a little bit later, like, I guess to that extent, even with y'all, it's like, my, where I can understand where y'all are coming from because even when I got to college, the only person I came to college with was my, my ex at the time. I didn't know nobody at UT. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like, she came through with, like, friends and everything from, like, other schools. I'm like, oh, she know people. Okay, cool. Nigga, we broke up. I mean, that'd be like, damn. Who? Um. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my name's Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> about that isolation you'd be like dang don't know like i ain't say that nobody know what i'm going through but you really be just sitting in it and you like in your head by yourself just going through whatever it is and then here comes somebody else like nigga you need a hand yeah mm-hmm. i do and it's like i'm going through it too bro and that's yeah, you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know Man. what i'm saying you i feel like it's hard to find though especially finding people in our age range that are going what we're going through that have the same similar aspirations because like a lot of people our age raised right now, like, and I don't fault them because mm-hmm. this is the general like concept mentally. Yeah, a lot of folks, <clears throat> a lot of folks fucking off. Shut like up. a lot of folks go out every weekend. Or they don't even want to speak off. on that real shit. You Hell know yeah. yeah. They don't want to really acknowledge it. Fallacies. Well, just mentally blind, like yeah. you. Bro, it's their ego. Get, that, um, get, get deep. That it's really the ego. Yeah, you got flexing ass niggas, and you got women looking for sponsorships. Oh I got well, myself a sponsor. No, baby, you want a sponsorship, and it's okay. Just say it. <laughs> and then you got niggas who don't know how to properly court women and be making all the girls mad. I be like, look, the bigger and nigga, I get this from a fucking. I watch Nipsey fucking interviews all the time, but just go get you some money and just see how different you feel. Like when you getting a consistent paycheck. Or you got some shit going on to where you don't have to worry about anything financially. You see how your mindset changes where you don't have to operate out of financial fear. You can move mm-hmm. a little bit easier. And you can even do things to in the time now to make that easier. So, like, one of the easiest things I did was getting a roommate. Nigga, rent is not cheap. But I cut this shit no. in half. I could rent in half, Wi-Fi. That's the life hack. That's yeah. the life hack. And like, like I said, we ain't got to fuck that roommate until you rent. I know you said that. Um... And I agree with that. And I will say, I just want to have that as like a caveat. Don't get in a relationship thinking like you for the split some shit. Because mm. I, mm. I know some people that's like in relationships. <laughs> just to split really, the bill. And y'all really <laughs> in a, like, a roommate. A roommate. <laughs> roommate Don't fucking. be out here doing that, man. Like, <laughs> nah, it's a rule to that. If you're going to, fellas, if you got your own crib and you move shorty in, okay, cool. She don't need to be paying no bills. Now, if y'all both sign y'all name on the lease. Then baby, you finna have to come up off some bread unless hot take. You feel me? We we uh, we talked about something different. Mm-hmm. I, that sounds nice, yeah. but the reality of it is that's not. I tell that back. Even if it did work like that, it's so much like extra variables that play into it mm-hmm. because now a nigga pay all the bills. Y'all yeah, get into it. Yeah, so what's left on that though? You know what I'm saying? Y'all get into it. Hey, this is my house. You got you don't even live here. My but house. You, see, you know what I'm saying? Like that, it, that it's so much that goes into it. Did you do your proper courtship? Because I mean, yeah. if a girl, like if I really took a motherfucker through it, like an actual courtship, you would know I'm the cool, I'm cool as an ice cube. Like you'll never get me mad for real. If I kick you out, like you didn't either like cheat or you didn't try to beat on me or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not finna put nobody out. Like that's just it's dumb, especially if we like we we did this shit together type shit. Mm-hmm. So nah, but niggas don't be doing the proper courtship, so you don't even get to see all sides of the personality and shit. 
skinny girl man for. This man done talking about personality changes and stuff. What I want to talk about now is when, after graduation, did y'all feel like you really knew your mental health was changing, either for the good or the bad? Mm. Mine was when I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning crying to the top of my lungs. And it was like this period for 30 days. Mm. I cried for 30 days straight. 30 days straight. 30 days straight. I had no idea. I'm like, what the fuck am I crying for? Uh, and that's when I went to go seek help. Therapist? Hell yeah. A psychiatrist. Oh, so you mean. Well, I'm on drugs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> or could you. Do, did you recognize the signs? Are you still unaware of what the signs are that you may be experiencing a mental health crisis be, or on the cusp of one? It's the military brought that out of me in the sense of like I've already dealt with so much and then dealing with the army life and then being able to remove and then come back. I just started to see the, the real shifts in like my anxiety, even like like aggression and stuff like that. And when I say aggression, I mean like Excuse me. just patience with things like I just started to mm-hmm. see a shift there. Um, and they're just like, okay, well, I feel like this needs to be addressed because, you know, it's time to really talk about those things that we don't talk about that we, that happened to that you know that happened to me, but I didn't get I didn't go through it I didn't get through it I just went around it you feel me mm. like, you know so mm. it was starting to it was time this to nigga's start. eating. What's four plus four? <laughs> Eight. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like okay, and actually when I go back to Hawaii, I'm about to uh, really dive into counseling and good doing all that. Um, so I guess that was that was my point for sure, or my time mm-hmm. when I was able to be in the military, then remove, and then say okay, like I feel more on edge with simple conversation just because it's like displacement going on of emotions. Mm. I feel like my moment would, and you made some, definitely made some good points. I feel like it was similar. Uh, so for you, the military, for me, I think it was after like my first breakup. So um, me and my ex were together for four years. So that's damn near like all of college. And um, when we broke up, like I was so used to catering to another person you know, doing things for another person and just overall being with another person that, like, I was not used to being by myself. So, like, um, like I went through every emotion possible and I forced myself to feel those emotions because... And that's I really know, the awakening right there, like, yeah. sitting down mm-hmm. and, and feeling that shit. Like. Yeah. yeah. I forced myself to feel that shit because I know that either when people break up, either they move on too quickly, mm-hmm. like, like trying to date other people or sleeping mm-hmm. with other people, or they just avoid that shit for so long until that shit finally hits you one day and you have to deal with it. And I dealt with that shit like immediately. So like, it, it's crazy how that shit affected me because I went home and I talked to like my parents about like childhood trauma. I talked about, I talked to them. To Y'all gonna get that, this shit. Yeah, they talked, I talked to everybody. They ever made me feel some kind of way. Like I went <laughs> Hello. and I did that shit. <laughs> My first grade teacher. Hey, hello. Hey, bitch. Hey, you said I couldn't read, huh? <laughs> when I went home and like I addressed and dealt with all of this shit, and it was so much like weight lifted off of my shoulder because I realized like, damn, you know, you know when you go through like a breakup, 
like you kind of question like damn was it you know is my fault that this like what did i pick up character following me exactly i went home and i examined all of this shit and i'm so thankful for that relationship and everything it taught me in terms of dating how to love a woman how to be nurturing caring as a man true masculinity and how masculinity balances with feminine energy and also holding myself accountable because i did so much fucking growing in that relationship it's crazy like I like me and Smooth had this conversation the other day. Like, you you either advise like freshmen in college to stay away from relationships, but then I was like, I would probably say, in I will, I'm kind of indifferent about it because I learned so much about how to be a good man from yeah. the relationship that is crazy. But yeah. at the same time, I did miss out on a lot of freedom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. we know. We know about Chris. I ain't gonna do too much. I don't want nothing. Look, I don't want to wait any sleeping. Uh, what was that? Sleeping John. I hope you enjoyed part one of Seizing Life After College. If you want to hear more, make sure you're subscribed and get us to 500 plays to hear the next episode. Bye.